You're listening to Vet Candy. Hey, all. This is Dr. Jill Lopez. You may know me as the founder of Vet Candy, but do you know why I started Vet Candy? Simply put, it's because of people like you. I love that in our profession, there's always somebody new to meet. I'm really passionate about meeting new people and sharing their stories. And I consider myself fortunate to work in a field that is full of the coolest people on the planet. And that's why I created 21 Questions to share their stories. With 21 Questions, we take a deep dive into interesting stories and topics. We talk with others in a free-formed, wide-open, relaxed conversation to not only have some laughs, but maybe to inspire some people along the way. Are you ready to get started? I am. Let's go. My guest today is somebody that I think I I got to know on LinkedIn. I always look at his posts and he has the most interesting posts, always these really cool stories of surgery. He's a surgeon. Like I should give you hints about who he is. Okay. Hint number one, he's a surgeon. Number two, he's on LinkedIn. Nobody's on LinkedIn. Number three, He's located in Cincinnati, Ohio. And number four, although he grew up in Long Island, he actually extra grew up in Florida. He moved from Long Island to Florida when he was 10. So he considers himself a Floridian, I guess. And now he's an Ohioan. But he's got that East Coast vibe I really love. I'm so excited to introduce you today to my esteemed guest, Dr. Carl Maritato. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carl. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Live from Ohio. That's right. Live from Cincinnati, WKRP. Here we are. You know, one thing I remember WKRP is it helped me learn how to spell Chihuahua. Remember, there was like one episode. I watched this. It's still on. And he, they were saying Chihuahua. One of the newscasters would say Chihuahua. So when I'm writing Chihuahua, I'm writing Chihuahua. And I can always spell it. Like I could go in a competition to spell that. So you are not from Ohio. You got a Northeast edge. You're from Long Island, right? I am originally from Long Island, yes. So how can someone from Long Island be happy in Ohio? I just don't think it's possible. Like, don't you miss all the excitement and the abrupt people and the the traffic and aggressive drivers? Not really. No, I don't. Because we also left Long Island when I was just about 10 and we moved to Orlando, Florida. And then I left there when I went to college at University of Florida and then all the rest. But I've actually lived in Cincinnati now longer than I've ever lived anywhere. I think moving to Florida was very good for me. Long Island is a, a nice place, but it's a bit of a bubble. You don't necessarily meet a ton of different types of people. And, you know, we used to we used to laugh when we were kids when we first moved there. My dad would call it the League of Nations because we never saw so many different kinds of people and cultures and all that just doesn't exist on Long Island, at least not in the 80s, you know, and when we were there and, of course, all of my parents' life when they lived there. So it was, I think, a very good experience for us because it allowed us to meet lots of different people. And I think that also probably is what maybe what spurred my interest in travel and enjoying that experience as well, other cultures and other people. Well, you know, I never think of Florida as being cultural, but I guess maybe it is if you live there. 
Well, yeah, it's probably because everybody likes to make fun of the Florida man and all the stuff that you see. But the reality is, is it's a bigger melting pot than a lot of places in the United States. The example I'll give you is some of my cousins and things when they grew up in, back in, in Long Island in New York where they stayed, you know, most of their friends were Italian like we are. But growing up in Orlando, I had friends pretty much every Latin country under the sun because it's Florida. I still to this day have very good friends that are, are Indian heritage, just so many different types of people that you never would have encountered living on Long Island and going to high school, for example, in Long Island at that time. I don't know necessarily what it's like in the 2020s, but certainly going to high school in the 90s in Long Island, you were hanging out with other Italian people. And that's probably all you would have known. <laughs> Maybe some Irish folks and some Jewish folks, but you certainly weren't hanging out with, you know, my diverse group of friends that I had. I think it was great for us. It's a good way to grow. Well, your first question is, <laughs> you said Florida man. So what is your birth month and your birth date day? Not the year, just the birth month and day. August 5th. August 5th. You're a Leo, huh? I am. Yes. Well, <laughs> a drunk Florida man drives lawnmower down Major Road, yells to police, just take me to jail. <laughs> That's what happened on August 5th? <laughs> That's what happened on August 5th. One of the many things that happened on August 5th. So, yeah, take me to jail. That's hilarious. Maybe he needed three squares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you're in Ohio. So say I drive up the Vet Candy Airstream. It's a luxury Airstream that doesn't exist. But if it did, it would be like pure luxury. Drive up. I leave the keys there. You have it for two weeks and you don't have to go to work or anything. Where would you go in that Airstream and who would you take with you and what would you do? Well, the who I would take with me is easy. It'd be my wife, Maria, and our dog, Molly. And um, I'd take my cat Lola, but she wouldn't like it. So she'd stay back and get taken care of by someone else. We've been to maybe the vast majority of the East Coast, but I would probably go and spend all of that two weeks from Montana down to Arizona and, you know, that whole area. I wouldn't go as far out as California, probably, probably rub some people the wrong way, but that state doesn't interest me that much, but uh, the Rockies, essentially, I think that from the north border to the south border, that whole section, I would tackle a lot, especially Utah, Montana, Idaho. I've been to some of those places, but I'd like to see a ton more of them. Well, shout out to one of our listeners, Dr. Jason Longoria. He's in Montana and he and I are like text friends. He just sent me some information. I think a couple weeks ago it was 38 below in Montana. So maybe you would go in the summer instead of now. I was like, there's no way. And I checked it like, oh my God, 38 below. He said it was so cold that his water heaters couldn't even keep up with it. He had to go out with like an axe and break water for his livestock. It was freezing. And he one time they lost electricity and he has I guess they all have a fireplace there. So they're all like around the fireplace. And then another funny thing happened. He he has a ring camera and he always sends me shots from his ring camera. 
And our neighbors do too. And it's like a raccoon or a skunk. He sends it and it's a mountain lion. You might want to be careful, lock your door in your airstream. So that's cool. So, and then just like go around, see the world, enjoy everything. Yeah. I like the outdoors scenery wise. My wife and I, for one of our anniversary dates, uh, several years, right just before the pandemic, we went to Sedona just for four days and we did nothing but drive around Sedona and see all the the mountains and the all the cool shapes and canyons and rivers and all that stuff. And we just had a blast. So we like to do that. Okay. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just getting a note. We have to go to commercial break. So you guys keep listening and we'll be right back. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Are you ready to unmask the opioid crisis and uncover the vital role of veterinarians in the battle against it? Join me, Clay Palmer, for Unmasking the Opioid Crisis, a veterinarian's vital role unveiled, presented by Vet Candy and brought to you by Covetris. In this enlightening podcast series, I will take you on a journey through the layers of the opioid crisis and talk about the role veterinarians play to help protect their patients, communities, and even themselves. Together, we'll unravel the complexities, engage in insightful discussions, and gain valuable insights. Stay tuned for a podcast that empowers, educates, and unites us in the battle against opioid misuse. Don't miss Unmasking the Opioid Crisis. Tune in on VetCandy on a podcast platform of your choice, and let's make a difference together. Brought to you by Covetris and presented by Vet Candy. Okay, next question. What is the weirdest dream that you've ever had? Oh, I have it constantly. <gasps> what is it? I am constantly finding myself, for some odd reason, doing surgery in regular street clothes, no gloves, no mask, no hat. It's like a surgeon nightmare. Yeah, it is a surgeon nightmare. And it happens, I don't know, at least once a week. I'm sure there's someone out there who thinks that they can study dreams and could tell me what that means. I don't really know how you could study a dream, but I don't know what it means, but it frequently happens. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a dream study. You know, I had a friend when I was in vet school, I will not name his name, but um, I visited him. He had his own practice and he used to drink coffee while he was doing surgery. But he also gave he gave everybody a big shot of penicillin afterwards. But this was a long time ago. This was a long time ago. His aseptic techniques weren't great, but I mean, he could take a leg off and sew it on someone's forehead. But there might develop some abscesses. I guess he does. He did a lot of surgery, just not very sterile. So, next question: If you could travel to any year in a time machine, past or future, what year would you choose and why? I would like to go back maybe to around the time of Caesar when he was killed and seeing the transition to the Augustus and all of that. That could be interesting. Either that or 1066 when the Normans invaded uh, England, which is, I guess, considered kind of the, the start of the English uh, monarchy can kind of be traced back to 1066, which is, that's, that's kind of cool too, but. I don't know. That's a hard one to know what would be your absolute favorite time. I'd go back to be the guy that met, that ran into Hitler in World War One and didn't shoot him and shoot him. <laughs> oh, that would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> However, there is the butterfly effect, though. You could change everything. 
I mean, if it possibly could be worse, it could be worse. But did you see the recent Indiana Jones story where it's the one that was just out? We just saw it in a drive-in. If you can believe it, we go to a drive-in. It's in Armenia, New York. And it's this really cool drive-in. Archimedes had some kind of time machine. So he goes back in time. It's like your fantasy. They're somehow on a plane and they're back in time. It's during, I think, the Trojan War. And and you see like, the Trojan War happening. And then I'm like, I was thinking, he's going to stay. He's a historian. That's his fantasy, right? To, if you're a historian... And you can live through history. He chose to come back or something. It was just so sad. Because like, if I had written that, I would have him live there. But then he also got hit by something. So he definitely would have died if he wasn't given antibiotics, I guess. Okay, next question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I would be more patient. You seem very patient to me. I'm, maybe I'm a good actor. <laughs> I can become unpatient very quickly. I... I just struggle sometimes with interactions that are not moving at the pace of which I would like them to be occurring. So you're a driver. That's like the, the characteristic of a driver. You want to get stuff done. That's why I like you so much because I'm a driver. I've got other weird things, but I am a driver. <laughs> like I've got to get it done. I have to get it done. But then you're a surgeon. So you would be a driver, but you'd also be a perfectionist. So you would get it done and it's perfect. Whereas I would just get it done sloppy. And it would be halfway done. That's probably why I can't stand bureaucracy, because it's not it's not fast nor accurate. <laughs> so you're not going to be in the you're not going to be like um, a delegate for the AVMA then, right? No, not even close. No. <laughs> OK, next question. This will be fun. What's one of your most fun childhood memories? I want you to go back to Long Island. I want to hear the Long Island stories. What's your most fun childhood memory from growing up in Long Island? Um, probably 4th of July is because my dad loved to have, uh, 4th of July. We lived in a, a condominium community that surrounded a golf course, which was kind of neat. It was just a nine hole golf course, but it was like, uh, horseshoe shaped and the center of it was just a forest and all the condos just lived on the outside of the horseshoe. And every year they, we would have big fireworks displays. You got to shoot them over the over the golf course. And it was just a big, fun community thing. And my dad loved it. Um, and that's probably why I loved it. So where did you go? What city was it you lived in, in Long Island? So it's called Medford. It's out way out in Suffolk County. Not as far out as like the Hamptons and all that. But yeah, it's some of the other places there. Um, Patchogue, Ronkonkoma. Those are some of the places that some of your listeners may know. Yeah, I have a friend from Patchogue. And I know Ronkonkoma. I can actually say Ronkonkoma. <laughs> a few things I can say. There's some strange names in Long Island. We used to drive from New Jersey to the Hamptons. We wouldn't stay there, but we go to the beaches. They're beautiful. But there's some strange names on the way there. There's Hicksville. Do you know Hicksville? Like, what is strange? Hicksville. They have a farmer's market. A lot of it's just names because, like, Levittown was because of Levitt, who invented the suburb. Um, and that was the first suburb basically in in america so that's where i think a lot of those names and yeah when we were kids we used to go to lake ronkonkoma and there was always only one little section that was kind of roped off that you were allowed to swim in but it's it was nice yeah well good i'm glad you i wanted to bring back good memories of long island for you 
because I feel like you're just too much into Florida. Okay, next question. If you could have dinner with a famous person, living or dead, who would you choose? Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Really? Oh my God, I love him. Although he, (laughs) you know, they say he wasn't very nice to be around. He has no patience. He has no patience. He was a driver and he was a perfectionist. (gasps) You're just like Frank, you're like the Frank Sinatra of surgery. I think there is a similarity in that he's one of those people that deep down had a very, very big heart and didn't have tolerance for people who I guess weren't in that train of thought. I mean, when you think about, you know, how much he loved Sammy Davis Jr. and what he did for the advancement of him and his career and also the career of other African-Americans at that time. And But yeah, he just didn't have tolerance or patience for people who weren't driving his point of view, um, which is not necessarily always a good thing either. But I think it would just be interesting to listen about his life and just be able to ask him. I mean, imagine the life that, that man lived. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's seen it all, done it all, had everything. He had everything. Yeah, he really experienced life. So whenever you do surgery, do you ever listen to his music? Oh, yeah. I can't do anything without music on at all times. And my residents and interns always make a joke that we, they know the day is going okay unless Andrea Bocelli's on it. And that means I'm, I'm really in a bad mood if Bocelli's on it. <laughs> Why? It's such a beautiful... It's, what, so you're in a bad mood if you hear him? No, but I have to put him on to improve my mood. It usually means we're about to do a surgery that's going to make me really angry or, or it's going to be very hard or something. Nature, Yeah. Okay, here comes Bocelli. Oh, that's funny. The, I just was reading a story. We actually had it in our um, December issue of Vet um, Candy where they did studies on music during surgery and they looked at the correlation between recovery and the music, which is, to me, it's like, that's so strange, but music is so powerful. So what's your favorite um, Frank Sinatra song? I should write mine down and so you won't think that I'm taking yours because, let me see, do 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 I would say probably All or Nothing at All. That's one of my favorites. I'm Fly Me to the Moon? <laughs> that is in every movie. That was in one of... Did you ever see Space Cowboys where uh, Tommy Lee Jones just saved the world? He has like stage four pancreatic cancer. He had to sacrifice himself to save the world. So he's stranded on the moon. And that song comes on. And, you know, because he just has like a few minutes left to be alive and he's looking down at Earth and they played Fly Me to the Moon. I was like, I love that song. I sing it all the time. The Way You Look Tonight. That's the one that's in every movie. But it's actually my favorite. I got the name wrong. It's um, I like the best is yet to come. I like the crescendo and the and the horns and the all of that. Yeah, it's a good song. And he has another song and it's talking about like this love or he has this love and it's um. I forget what it is. I love it too. Like I have his album and I have a, re- I have a record player and I love like playing it and um, making spaghetti. Isn't that weird? It's just like when I hear Frank Sinatra, I'm like, we're making spaghetti. And then we'll make spaghetti and listen to it. Because every Italian restaurant you go to is usually playing him and Dean Martin. And that's the only thing I can make that's edible and Italian food. It was a very good year is also Absolutely beautiful song. Yeah. That's so good. That makes, like, now that makes me cry. When I was a kid, I wouldn't have gotten it. But, oh, my God, it's so good. And he wrote these these songs, too. Next question. Who is your celebrity crush? I always thought that Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls was astoundingly gorgeous. 
I was a resident in Dancing with the Stars as all my wife was watching Dancing with the Stars and I was studying at my desk uh, in our little apartment. And I guess she was on the show. And, and when she came out, my wife turned around and was like, hey, you might want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my Lord, who is that? Because <laughs> it's certainly not my kind of music. Yeah, she's like, whatever it takes to keep you like studying so you can pass your boards if you had to watch what they're dancing. Okay, cool. Okay, next question. What's your biggest fear? I guess my biggest fear is not always being prepared, not having planned appropriately, and then therefore something not working out, not because it didn't work out, but because I didn't prepare appropriately. And that doesn't just apply to surgery. I just mean for life in general. But I mean, some things you can't prepare for. No, you can't. But that's why I say for things that don't work out that I could have prepared for, even as far forward thinking as hopefully when I'm like 90 and need to make sure that I've prepared for how I'll be cared for as an old person. And my brain is always nonstop thinking about all of those weird kinds of things. Oh, you're a planner. Yeah. Yeah, I have a plan. I'm going to make my own assisted living because I don't, you know, I feel like I don't want to go to an assisted living. I want to have my own assisted living area. I'm going to like <laughs> to have money funded. So I have my own team coming here to take care of me. Yeah. I, even down like, you know, even like we when we just bought a house, I made sure we have like a flat, like I have a level I can live on with my assisted living team. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. Cause you know, you know, I want to have it planned. I don't want to have to have my kids figure it out. Cause they'll, they'll put me in like wherever. <laughs> okay. What's the wildest thing you've ever done? PG 13 <laughs> or craziest thing, like the craziest thing you've ever done. You know, now that I'm 44, it's hard to remember back those. I, I'm, I'm sure it had to be something in, in college, you know, ending up someplace that you didn't even know necessarily how you, how you got there, courtesy of the evening before. Uh, I guess would have to be the best I could think of off the top of my head, yeah. And you went to University of Florida? I did. Yeah. I went to University of Florida. Yeah. That seems like such a nice, like calm school to me. <laughs> it's not known as a partying school. It's a beautiful school, you know, and you know, when I went to school, it wasn't as wackadoodle as it is today, these universities. So it was, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. And as a surgeon, what's the strangest thing you have pulled removed from an animal? It's not exactly PG 13, but, uh, the funniest thing that I've ever pulled out of a dog <laughs> were anal beads. Yeah, we've also taken out the prostitute's money. We've taken out the mistress's underwear. We've had some some funny, awkward conversations. Yeah. Wow. Like, how do you handle that if you know, like, well, I guess you don't know. You assume it's the wife's underwear. Right. When they ask you, because they always ask you, what did you pull out of my dog? And when you say a red thong and then they say, I don't wear red thongs, your response is, I don't know what to tell you on that one, ma'am. Must have picked it up in the yard. What about the anal beads? Like, did they know that the dog ate them or they? So whether or not the man was telling the truth, I'll never know the answer. But I believe he was a construction worker. And the reason I believe him is because, you know, a lot of construction guys bring their dogs to work with them and they just kind of do their thing. And he was doing construction and a box fell out of a closet that he was repairing something. And when the box 
fell to the floor and opened it was the box of toys and he thought it was hysterical so he went out to get his phone to take a picture of it to send to his wife and when he got back his boxer was face down in it and swallowing the anal beads okay listen that is made up 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so what's the weirdest species you've done surgery on i do a lot of surgery for the cincinnati zoo so i've done a lot of things Almost all the different types of big cats, which is fun because I love cats and I love lions and I've done several lions and cheetahs and et cetera. Porcupine was interesting. I did surgery on a porcupine. Uh, oh, you know, porcupines are the cutest things. We have one in our backyard. His name's Needles. They are super cute. Yeah, it was it was neat with the quills and all that. We did some little tiny monkey for them. I forget what it's called, but it's that little monkey that is literally like smaller than a football and has those big, round, beautiful. So I've done a lot of cool things for the zoo. I like it a lot. So when you go to the zoo, you can go like you can just say, hey, it's Dr. Carl. And you get like you get VIP treatment. I I am lucky in that regard. I do. When when the infamous Fiona the hippo, when everybody knew Fiona. (gasps) Yes. Yes, I just called up the zoo vets and said, hey, my wife's obsessed with Fiona. Can we come see her? And we got to go play with her in the back end when she was still a very wee baby. Oh, oh, that's awesome. And I played, got to play with the tiger cubs and all of that. So, yes, I'm spoiled on that. Okay, next question is, what movie can you watch over and over and over again and never get bored of it? The Godfather. Really? Part one or part two? Because I know nobody watches part three. Because part three is awful. I beg to differ. I like part three. The first one is the one that I watch the most. I like the third one. You have to get past the acting of Sofia Coppola, yes. But I like it because he gets what he deserves. You know, you kind of look at him as like this weird hero, but you kind of forget that he's a mafia scumbag. And so how could you give him what he deserves for killing his brother and all this other stuff he did? What could you possibly do to him to make him suffer? It's killing his daughter. Exactly. And I think that is one of the greatest movie scenes in all time. Al Pacino on those stairs with the drool coming out of his mouth as he's screaming. I mean, it's the most realistic thing. And then he dies all alone by himself at the end. It's a great closure. So, yeah, I think you just got to get past the acting. But I think the story is I think the story is good. Um, But the first one is, yes, the one that I watch over and over again. And I actually now I'm watching it over and over again in Italian because I'm learning Italian. And so it's it's helping me to try to learn the language. Yes. Oh, man. I mean, they don't make movies like that anymore. They don't. And I don't think we have actors like we like those like De Niro and and Marlon Brando and Al Pacino. And Al Pacino is such an amazing actor. We luckily have. We have Denzel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Where's Al Pacino in his 20s? Where's a 20-year-old Al Pacino? Right. No, it's true. If you haven't watched The Offer on Paramount, it's really good. It's about, it's Al Ruddy's, he's the producer. It's his his story of how The Godfather came to be. It's just a 10-part limited, limited series. It was really good. Really good. Very interesting. I'll have to check that out. Okay, next question is, what's the best advice you've ever received? 
I think the best life advice I ever got was from my father. And the advice was, no one is better than you, but you are no better than anyone else. You need to treat everyone with respect, shy of those who, you know, don't deserve it. Like say a mafia thug doesn't deserve it. Uh, But the point is, is, you know, whether they're the CEO or the person sweeping the floors, they all deserve your respect. And I've held that my whole entire life. And I will be the first to say that there are probably some surgeons in the world who don't follow that piece of advice. But I do. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't help it. I mean, you're if you're a surgeon, you're like a you're like a healer. You're like, you know, doing miracles. So I can see it's easy to forget that, but to be brought down to it, to be humbled, that's that's really important. And so your last question, that candy is sending you on a dream trip destination. You can go anywhere in the world, unlimited budget. You can bring whoever you want. Uh, You only get one week and it starts once you get there. Where would you go and who would you bring and what would you do? Well, again, it's my wife. It's always my wife. If I get a month, then I'd probably just go back to Italy. I mean, I love Italy. We we have a, an apartment there and it, it's what we, we love to do. But more interestingly, if I had, because then I, you know, in a month I would go to lots of different little tiny places. I wouldn't go to the big cities. I'd go to, we like to go to little places. But if I had a week, I think I would go to Antarctica. Really? You're the second person who said that this week. It's super damn expensive to do it. I've looked at it. So I got my free unlimited budget from you. And I just, it's a, it's another planet. You know what I mean? It's just something that's not. It is like being on another planet, right? It really is. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would do that. I guess that's what I'm. I'm. I know. You know, this is a podcast, so they can't see us, but you and I can see each other, and you might see that as I'm. I'm looking up in the sky, and it's not. It's because my wall on the other side of this computer is a world map the size of the wall, so it's like eight feet high and. 15 feet wide. So I'm looking at the map to try to see where one I look. I actually know somebody who went to Antarctica. She teaches at my daughter's um, science class. She's an oceanographer and she was stationed there for six months. And they have a chef, like a French chef that makes the food. So the food is incredible because I think they realize that you can't put people on the end of the world and then give them crappy food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this chef, the chef is there and I'm sure he gets paid a ridiculous amount of money to go to Antarctica and he's making these incredible meals every meal you have is incredible so you don't even have to have a private chef because you have a private chef there that's right i hear that pass is a real pain though i get bad motion sickness and that i forget what it's called like russell's pass or something between the tip of argentina chile and uh part of antarctica that sticks up between them that it's some of the roughest seas like around and i don't know if i can handle it but because i get horrible motion sickness but i just bought a relief band. So I have to see, I have to see if it works. It's supposed to be good. So we'll, we'll find out. (laughs) Okay. Hold it right there. Let's take a break and go to our sponsor and we'll come right back and finish this conversation. We'll be right back with more vet candy.
Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most exciting experts on the planet. Become a Vet Candy member for exclusive access to our library of more than 100 studio qualities and race-approved videos, taped in 4K. Say hello to streaming and goodbye to boring webinars with us. Plus, members can connect with specialists and licensed mental health care experts on our forums and get answers to your burning questions with our knowledge database. You can even create a custom learning plan, keep track of your progress, and track your CE credits all in one spot. Your personalized learning journey starts with us. What are you waiting for? Sign up today at myvetcandy.com. Well, um, that's it. That's 21 questions. So now if anybody want to connect with you, I know you on LinkedIn, but nobody else is on LinkedIn. So is there another way they can get a hold of you? Are you on Instagram or Facebook? I am. I have um, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And all I do is post pictures of my patients. I actually hate social media because it's just filled with nonsense and negativity. So I try to bring some happiness to it. So if you follow me, it's just my name and you will just see happy stories of me, my patients and my team that does it with me. We, that's literally all it is. It's just pictures or videos of, of our patients and how well they're doing and happiness. And that's about it. Well, we need more happiness. We need more happiness in the world. Yeah. So, well, thanks for being on the show. And listeners, you know, check him out. If you happen to be one of the few people on LinkedIn, he's on LinkedIn. But I would probably go to Instagram because, you know, that's the place to go. Thank you for being on the show this week. Next week, we have Dr. Melinda McCall, who wrote the book Driving Home Naked. She's a veterinarian, by the way. And she said it wasn't just one time. She's a large animal vet, so she's on the next show. She's had to drive home many times naked, and she has a book out, Driving Home Naked, and it talks about her career in, in large animal, which is pretty gross. So thank you for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy Radio.